It's your Friday Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Happy to be back for the final show of the week. Final show for a little while here. I'll put the programming note at the front of the show, not the end, like I did yesterday. No shows next week, taking a little bit of time off. Looks like a little bit of a a downtime in the Twin Cities sports scene. Um, Get away for a little bit and come back on the 26th, a week from Monday with Royce and a full week of shows then. But no shows next week. Um, Give everybody a little listening break. Um, Or you can catch up on shows you might have missed. That's uh, that's certainly possible too. But uh, no shows, uh, no daily delivery episodes next week. Today, though... Good one for you. Got a bunch of good stuff coming up. Marcus Fuller from the Star Tribune joins me here in just a few minutes to talk gopher hoops, both men's and women's. Um, Just kind of looking ahead to those seasons. The spring practice has just started in both cases. I mean, summer practice, sorry, not spring. Summer practice has started in both of those, uh, with both of those teams. And Marcus will catch us up to speed with what's going on there. The men trying to shake off two straight last place finishes in the Big Ten. And the women, of course, hiring new head coach Don Plitzewhite uh, after replacing Lindsey Whalen. And I'll get a little bit more to the Lindsey Whalen departure at the end of the show as well. Some fresh and interesting reporting on that subject. First, though, what did I miss? I want to start with the Twins and the Vikings today. Both of them are kind of newsy right now. The Twins, Sonny Gray, Pitched four innings, 79 pitches on uh, on on Thursday. Was, you know, was kind of scuffling. Was did not have his best stuff. Was kind of working in and out of trouble, including a 35 pitch fourth inning where he labored quite a bit, but did get out of the worst of the trouble. Pulled after that, the Twins were up four to two in the game. The bullpen comes in, gives it up, gives it back right away. Uh, Moran comes in, does not pitch well. Um, some others combined to struggle towards the end. Jorge Lopez, another tough outing that that kind of made it impossible to come back at the end. And Gray was not happy afterwards. He's the pitcher who, <clears throat> I think at the start of this season, and even at points last year, wanted to pitch more, wants to go deeper into games, thinks the Twins have the staff to go deeper into games. And by and large, Twins pitchers have gone deeper into games. All year they've been right at the top or at the very top of innings pitched among starters in Major League Baseball. So that has not been the same kind of issue that it was last year across the board. But in this specific case, he took exception with getting pulled. More, Not so much that he thought... You know, that he couldn't see the logic, but that as a competitor, he wanted to stay in the game and keep pitching and keep battling. Here was Sonny Gray answering reporter questions after the game. Physically, mentally, I felt I felt good. I, obviously, I, I had a long fourth, and I wasn't throwing the ball exactly um, how I would have liked to. Um, I know I, I walked some guys here and there. Um, but at the same time, I felt like I, I, I was continuing to battle, continuing to fight. Um, we were winning the game four to two. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, 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 obviously as a competitor and as a, as a, just as me being me, like I, I never want to get taken out of a game. Um, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to keep pitching. Now, I think these things end up being results-based decisions um, and and results-based analysis afterwards sometimes where, you know, if it doesn't work, then it looks bad, especially if you pull a pitcher and and he doesn't end up, uh, you know, doesn't end up working out. The bullpen gives up the lead like it did in this case. 
I get why they did it, especially after a 35-pitch inning. That said, he was only at 79 pitches. I can see why this is frustrating for a veteran like Sonny Gray, who has been one of the best pitchers ERA-wise in Major League Baseball this season. I think this is going to be a continued source of frustration, of discussion with Sonny Gray, with the Twins this season. doesn't seem like philosophically they are on the same page. So watch that for the rest of the year. See if it gets any more testy or if this is just kind of a one-off one of those games where a decision had to be made it wasn't the one that he liked and they can smooth it out from there but certainly did not work out in that game they lose to Detroit a bad loss to a team that had been struggling and uh, you know and for the twins who had been playing well a tough one to take now the Vikings a couple interesting things this week from minicamp number one Daniil Hunter did not show up Number two, Kirk Cousins addressed the media on Wednesday. He was asked, um, you know, if there's any been any kind of movement on his contract. He's just got this this year, and then next year he becomes a free agent with the with the void years in his contract. He was asked if there's kind of any point in which they would stop negotiating or, or kind of where things are at. Here is what Kirk Cousins said. Yeah, I think we'll we'll probably talk about the contract next March, and until then, just focus on this season and the job to do right now. So with nothing new on the Cousins front and him him kind of planning to take this into the next offseason when he would be truly a free agent in March, um, that's interesting. I, I don't think that's a surprise, but it does kind of bring a uh, an end date and a closer end date into focus. And I don't think it's necessarily completely removed with the Daniil Hunter situation, and I'll explain. I do feel like the Vikings are kind of in a mode, A, where they're thinking about a reboot right now, a rebuild, and thinking about 2024 and maybe even 2025. And I think Daniil Hunter, Andrew Kramer, broke it down in his most recent mailbag for StarTribune.com. You know, Daniil Hunter has some trade value. Andrew Kramer can kind of concluding looking at some past deals for similar edge rushers, um, you know, kind of at different stages of their career, that, that Hunter could bring as much as a second-round pick in a trade, which is a pretty high commodity, even if we think about how much Hunter could help them this season. Now, how is that related to Kirk Cousins? Well, it's related in a couple ways. A, if they don't have Hunter this season, I think they might struggle a little bit more. Maybe their draft pick in 2024 is a little bit better as they aim to get a quarterback. Number two, though, they are probably going to need as much draft capital as possible to move up a board next season to select the quarterback they want to select if, in fact, that is the route they go. If they don't end up going back to the table with Kirk Cousins and re-signing him on another shorter-term, medium-term deal— they are going to need a lot of draft capital to move up into the top three, the top two, whatever they think it is that they need to do to get one of those real blue-chip future star quarterback prospects in next year's draft. Because I don't think they're going to bottom out completely this season. Even with you know <clears throat> some question marks on the roster, I don't think this is a team that's going to go 4-13. and 13. I could see it being a team that goes... Seven and ten, eight and nine, possibly if you know if they don't win those one score games, if things don't break their way, if they're not able to revive the defense in the way they want to, that would get them a draft pick, probably like in the twelve to fifteen range. Twelve to fifteen is not going to get you your franchise quarterback of the future. It's just going to get you a decent pick. So you're going to need some more future capital, some more other you know other capital, second round pick, future first things like that. So <clears throat> that would give them if they traded Hunter, that would give them one extra piece of uh, of ammunition one extra piece of capital to trade as they potentially think about their next quarterback. So that is how those two things are potentially related to me. We'll see how both of them get resolved. But it does not sound like the Cousins thing, at least, is going to be resolved anytime soon. 
MGM Wine & Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, pre-mixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine & Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Let's talk some gopher hoops, uh, both men's and women's, with Marcus Fuller from the Star Tribune. Uh, we're in the beginning stages of summer practices, Marcus, and also uh, never-ending recruiting season, so I thought this would be a good time for a catch-up. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, the summer uh getting a little hot here, but I could take that after the long, long winter that we had. Um, yes. Trying to go out to the lake, hopefully, at some point, <laughs> do some fishing. Like all of us, right? We 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 wait for it, so we can't complain if it's a little warmer. It's been it's been pretty nice. Even the even the eighty degree days have felt pretty pretty tolerable this summer, and you know can always cool off. It's easier to take layers off sometimes than to layer up. Um, but uh, hey, with with the Gophers, let's start with the, let's start with the men. We'll get into some of the women's stuff too. But they just started practice this week. Um, I saw you wrote kind of a five things to kind of kind of to know for both for both the men and the women what what do we on the men's side you know obviously coming off of a season that was fairly disappointing it seems to me like from what you wrote and from what i've seen that one of the big differences is that they've at least upgraded their their depth and their ability level at point guard right now going into this season yeah i mean obviously uh you know nine and 22 um second year in a row finishing last in the big 10 is, is not what uh, the Gophers expected when they hired Ben Johnson, you know, Ben definitely, uh, you know, first time head coach in, in a power five conference. Um, you know, I mean, they were going to be patient with him, you know, and, and I think that, that there's no way around that. Um, but at the same time, you know, his expectations are higher and so are, so are the programs. And, um, you know, if you look at it last year, they brought in, um, a transfer at point guard Talon Cooper um, ended up transferring out after one year to South Carolina. And they really didn't have depth at that position, um, you know, moving forward uh, after Cooper left. So, you know, looking into the portal, they were able to right away uh, bring in Pepperdine's Mike Mitchell Jr. And you might think, okay, you know, you're bringing a guy from the mid-major level, you know, what is he going to do um, in the big 10 you know, that remains to be seen, but at the same time, he was uh, one of the top transfer uh, point guards in the portal, and you're able to get him right away. And I, I mentioned that, you know, it wasn't about NIL money. He he even said that, you know, it was about being the right fit. Um, his family made a visit to Minnesota, and they loved it. Um, so I think, you know, that's kind of what recruiting used to be. <laughs> so I think it's a breath of fresh air for Ben and his staff to get a commitment that early. I think it was in late March. Uh, that they 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 grabbed him, um, and so Mike Mitchell comes in uh, high volume uh, assist guy, uh, one of the top uh, shooters in his conference at forty four percent from three point range, uh, has a, has some size at six two, so I see him kind of you know filling that point guard starting point guard spot uh, from day one, so that was important. But you know uh, again with with losing Cooper, uh, they had back from last year in Braden Carrington uh, who who plays, played uh, sparingly as a freshman mainly because of injuries so they needed another guard and they got one 
with Howard's Elijah Hawkins. Uh, again, uh, a guy that high volume assist guy. I think he averaged about six assists per game last year for Howard, who made the NCAA tournament, and he was an all-conference player at Howard. So that gives him depth at the position of need. And, uh, you know, I, I, they'll, they'll, they'll bring in Cameron Christie from Illinois. He's a four-star prospect. He should play quite a bit. And they're bringing back Carrington. So I think that the guard position is probably uh, in an even better shape than it was last year. What about you know, what about the bigs? I mean, I think that was one of the big questions last year was the depth there. And for Alpine really came on, especially towards the end of the season. But, you know, the big off-season blow was Dennis Evans Jr. deciding not to come here. So that's you know, you got that that that's not happening anymore. But what what's the status of of Parker Fox and Isaiah Enan and, and some of these guys that have been out for a while with injuries? Yeah, we probably won't talk about Dennis Evans too much anymore. No, no. He has Dennis Evans the third, by the way. But yeah, oh, the third. Sorry, yes. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. We, we we won't talk about him too much. We'll just say that, that you know that guy, even though he's a good kid, but he did make another decision. Um, yeah, I think if you look at the center position. Um, you know, even with Dennis Evans, if he was to come back, I just said him again. Uh, you know, Farrell Payne was going to be their big man of the future. Um, you know, what he did last year at the end of the season, um, you know, he really turned the corner. Um, I, I think I wrote in there, you know, he had about six double figure games in the last 10 games. Um, you know, throwing some uh high high level rebounding um toward the end of the year. And 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 I just watched some of the highlights of of workouts and practice so far. And, you know, he's just a physical specimen. He's always been that ever since he got here as a freshman, 6'9", 255 pounds. But I think, you know, understanding how to play in the Big Ten, how to use that physicality and the frame of his, um, you know, that's a that's going to be the big step for him next year. You know, I'm not saying that he's going to turn into All-American as a sophomore like Daniel Turu did, but you saw what year one and year two, the difference um, when it came to a Turu. And I really do think uh, Ben and this staff um, are, are expected a lot from uh, Pharrell in year two. Um, and it's not all on, on his shoulders. I mean, Dawson Garcia, you know, will be their leading scorer, rebounder coming back, uh, has a chance to be an all-conference preseason guy. Um, 6'11", obviously, we know what he can do inside and out. So I think the front court position, at least with their two starters, um, is pretty solid. I would say that that's probably their strength next year right off the bat um, is their two front court starters. Now, depth at that position, like you said, it's a question mark. I mean, uh, they lost Jamison Battle, unfortunately, in the conference at Ohio, to Ohio State. Um, and then you look at uh, who they added in the portal. Jack Wilson was a former football player at Washington State. Um, didn't know if he was going to continue to play basketball, um, but he transferred and, you know, he gives them some size, 6'11", 315 pounds. I mean, this is a guy that he told me that after football season, when he joined the Cougars basketball team last year, he weighed 345 pounds. Wow. And, you know, you say, oh, that's offensive lineman, not not shocked. But, you know, to play basketball at the high major level, you know, that that that's quite a, uh, you know, a step for him. And, you know, he got himself in the basketball shape and he had one more year of COVID. Uh, to play and 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 now he gives them some depth at that center position. You know he can bang with Zach Eady and some of these big centers in the Big Ten, and and that's gonna that's gonna really help Pharrell um, at that position. Um, he's a little undersized height wise, 
Um, but you know, that they also give someone for Pharrell to test himself in practices this year. So that's that was really important for them to add some depth at the center position. And at forward, I mean, they, I, I think power forward is their strongest and deepest spot. Um, they've got Josh Ola Joseph coming back at, right. as a freshman mm-hmm. last year. He started quite a few games. Great athlete. He's a little undersized, kind of like a Jordan Murphy, where you know you're asking to play in the in the post at six foot six. But he's such a great athlete, and he has a, a good frame on him, and, and he should make a jump this year as far as you know being able to play at the Big Ten level. And then you uh, you got Caden Betts, who redshirted last year as a freshman. You know he he's a a, a good size uh, stretch four three four position. But the biggest question mark probably is the the injuries to Isaiah Enan and Parker Fox, you know, two forwards who would have either started or played quite a bit last year. You know, they have back to back knee injuries were out for the last two years. And, um, you know, they'll they'll come along here in summer practice. I think uh, I don't know if they're they're clear for full contact yet. But, uh, you know, they're really being cautious with those guys as far as playing five on five, because. You know, they really need them for uh, depth at that power forward position and experience next year. You know, I just mentioned a couple guys um, that could help them at at power forward. You know, we're talking about a sophomore and a redshirt freshman. So, you know, if those two guys or at least one of them, Fox or Enan, can give them some experience um, in the front court uh, with, you know, the guys that I mentioned with Garcia and Farrell, um, you know, they could be a surprise team in the Big Ten. What does that mean? I mean, they finished last. So if they move up, you know, and and, and give uh, those middle of the pack teams a run for their money, I think that's a huge, you know, uh, a leap for for Ben Johnson. And um, th- that's where it starts during the summer. Is that the kind of year you think Ben Johnson is looking to have or needs to have? Or is that, you know, if you're a Gopher fan or if even if you're Mark Coyle, is that the the kind of the marker of progress you want to see to feel like this program is – you know, on the right track, and you know, you, you don't, you certainly don't want a third straight year of this, even if you understand this is a, a building process. Yeah, I, you know, we're not in, you know, we're not in Coyle's ear about what he expects from Ben Johnson next year. You know, not not sure if he's on the hot seat or not. Um, but any time you finish last two years in a row, um, you know, just as as a coach himself, you know, I'm sure Ben feels pressure himself, just expectations he has for his own program. Um, that he needs to make um, some improvement. And what does that mean? Who knows? But I think, you know, if you look at the last couple of years, you see a team like Northwestern, you know, with Chris Collins, who, you know, he was definitely on the hot seat. You know, he was there for quite a few years after he made the NCAA tournament. And, you know, they were the last place team in the Big Ten for several years. Um, and I, I thought going into last year, I would say the Gophers probably had more talent than they did. Northwestern and they finished Northwestern finished second in the big 10. Now, are we saying that Minnesota should finish second this year? <laughs> I think that's too much to ask, but you know, I, I don't see, I don't see far fetched to expect them to be in the middle of the pack. Um, you know, if they finally start, you know, gelling and and then you have some returning players. And then, like I said, you add some, uh, some transfers that give you experience uh, in positions of need. You know, I think the Gophers do expect to compete. Um, with everyone else in that um, middle of the pack in the Big Ten. Now, on the women's side, the expectations are probably a little bit different. They've made a coaching change already. They, you know, uh, Lindsey Whalen, program legend, was 
let go and Don Plitzelwhite with a lot of experience coming over from West Virginia is here now. What what do you, you know, as you kind of study this roster, study, you know, the the players that stayed um when the, even through the coaching transition, you look at some of the recruits that have, you know, come in already, you know, to to join Blitzel White here in Minnesota. It seems like the making of a pretty good roster to me. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I just we talked to Lindsey Whalen um at the Lynx uh 25th, you know, anniversary team over the weekend. It was great to see, you know, Maya Moore and Simone Augustus and Sylvia Falls, all those women together celebrating. And, you know, that was the first time we talked to Lindsay uh, since she resigned as coach. And, um, you know, it was tough on her because I think, you know, she knew that she had a a really talented young group um, off of last year's recruiting class. And, um, you know, mainly, you know, Mara Braun was their leading scorer as a freshman. And that hadn't happened since, you know, We'll talk about the links again. Rachel Bantam, you know, Rachel Bantam led the Gophers as a freshman and, you know, she became the all-time leading scorer in Gopher history. Now that's uh, a pretty big expectation for Brown, but at Brown at the same time, Brown can um, really expect to be an all uh, big 10 type of, you know, maybe preseason player. And so when you start off your career, if you're Don Plitzowit, uh, you know, as coach with an all big 10 preseason player, um, you know, that's huge. And it's just not about Braun, not just about her, but they 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 do have other freshmen, you know. Nia Holloway um should be back from injury. Um, she was out with a knee injury last year as a freshman, but um, you know, they've got some other girls. Uh, you know, Mallory Heyer, she led the she was second in rebounding uh last year with them, double figure score, Amaya Battle, um Hopkins uh uh standout who came in and and played some point guard for them and led them assist. So that's a good core uh, if you're starting off as coach. And and then they've got some transfers um, like Sophie Hart from North Carolina State, who's still waiting on uh, hear about her eligibility. But, um, you know, and then they got a, a decent freshman class, you know, not as highly touted as last year. But there's a mix of players that Waylon recruited that still remain with the team. And then also – some players that added uh, as West former West Virginia recruits. Um, so I, I like the depth on this team as far as young talent, you know, sophomores, incoming freshmen, and there's a, 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 a sprinkle of, um, you know, experience. But this will be a young team. And, uh, you know, the fact that uh, Don Pletzel White has turned around a couple programs before, um, you feel like she has a formula you know, in that. And she'll have to, you know, coach these women up and, and see how they compete this year. But again, like I said, it's to start off with a player like Braun, who's going to represent the Team USA this summer uh, with their three-on-three squad in China. Um, you know, that, that's huge because it's a you have a face, a face of the program. No, for sure. It's a great place to start. And it'll be interesting to see how how good they are right away and what, you know, what difference a coaching change makes, what difference you know, some new players make, things like that. Um, Marcus, a couple things before I let you go. One, I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about the current rosters of these teams. Recruiting-wise, on the men's side, I'm sure we're like full into the AAU circuit, everything like that. What what are we looking at for, you know, class of 2024 and beyond? Yeah, I mean, the next year's seniors, you know, this is an important AAU season for them, but I would say two of... Uh, 
you know, future golfers, they've, they've already, you know, obviously made their decision and it's a little bit different AAU for them. You know, there's no pressure um, having already uh, committed to the U and we're talking about uh, Isaac Asimov from Cherry. You know, he's a guard that before the state tournament, he made his decision to stay home uh, six foot three point guard uh, playing for D one Minnesota, this AAU season, he just led them to a championship uh, in a, in a prep, prep hoops tournament. I'm sorry, not prep hoops, a breakdown tournament here uh, this past uh, weekend. Um, and, you know, two years in a row, they've made the state tournament. Um, they finished fourth this past year. So, you know, he's really put that cherry team on the map and uh, you know, it's, I know it's, <laughs> it's out, out state Minnesota, you know, they talk about maybe the competition is not so great, uh, but to make the state tournament, that's a, quite a feat two years in a row. And also, you know, he's testing himself um, at the highest level of AAU with D1 Minnesota. And he, and he's playing, um, you know, really good basketball this spring and early summer. So I think Gopher fans should be excited about Asima. Um, he, one of his AAU teammates for D1, um, you know, also committed, you know, and if you look at Grayson Grohl from Alexandria, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, you know, we didn't um, necessarily have as much success with Trayton Thompson from the same high school. You know, Trayton did transfer out. You know, he had some potential, um, but this is a totally different player. You know, he's six foot eight and he can shoot the three, but he can also, you know, he's got uh, a, a chance to build his body into a, a Big Ten uh, type host player. Um, he's already a good shot blocker and, and rebounder. Um, but I think, you know, Ben and his staff saw a kid who has already been playing with D1 Minnesota and he has a chance to, you know, maybe blow up this year. And they, you know, they decided to offer him a scholarship early um, and and he committed. So, you know, sometimes, you know, you look at a kid and say, hey, you know, he's already got Wisconsin and other maybe high major schools offering him. And then Minnesota comes in and tries to convince him to stay home. But they were the first Big Ten team to offer him the first high major team to offer him. And, uh, you know, they evaluated and, and think that that he fits their program. So it's a little different type of recruiting, you know, in-state. Uh, Isaac Asima had Iowa State and other teams already offer him, and he chose to stay home. But I think with Grace, Grayson Grove, um, they're, they're hoping that, you know, he, he turns out to be a lot better than, um, you know, some of the offers and uh, some of the other programs that evaluated him. Uh, so far. And, uh, you know, as far as the 2023 class, I mean, they, they might be done as far as the in-state recruits. Um, there is another player who probably rose to number one in that class, uh, Jackson McAndrew from YZ. Um, and he, you know, was outstanding in the state tournament this past year. I don't know if you saw him, led them to a state championship. Um, they beat Park yeah, Center. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, He's 6'10", he's got a nice three, uh, outside game uh, for that size. You know, he did visit the Gophers, um, but I think he's really looking to, to go out out, out, out of state uh, to play his college basketball. And, um, you know, he's he's really standing out this summer. Um, you know, Wisconsin did get a commitment from, you know, if, if you look at uh, the last couple years, you know, they've gotten some kids out of the state of Minnesota that the Gophers wanted. Um, you know, and Daniel Freetag committed there recently um, after deciding to, to play his senior year um, in California. 
Um, The Gophers offered him early on. um, And, you know, a lot of fans are saying, hey, you know, why didn't we get this guy? The Badgers did. But, you know, when they got Asima, um, that was their guard in the 2023 class, at least locally. And, you know, they decided to kind of back off of free tags recruitment. Um, And, you know, so I think that doesn't necessarily count to me, (laughs) you know, as being beat out by Wisconsin, um, you know, for him. Uh, even though he did have an offer, you know, the fact that they stopped recruiting him at one point, um, you know, meant that Wisconsin did have a, a better shot there. So, but yeah, I mean, if you look at this 2023 class, the Gophers already have two of their uh, local guys and, and and they like what they see. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of uh, recruiting, final thing, you wrote a fun piece earlier this week or it ran earlier this week, at least, I believe, on uh Jim Shikinjanski and his son, who is going to play for PJ Fleck, uh, go for football. He was a, a preferred walk-on. H- how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a Stillwater guy. I live out here in Stillwater, and so I've been able to follow uh, Max's career for the last five years. Um, you know, just a big fan of of Max and uh, his family. Jim, you know, I, I was before my time. Uh, well, I was I was alive, but I I wasn't watching go for basketball. Um, when Jim played for Clem Haskins in, in, uh, in the early eighties or mid, mid to late eighties. And, um, you know, he was a fan favorite, um, Schick, uh, and as they called him, uh, you know, he was just, um, you know, definitely one of the, the top players, uh, remembered from that elite eight, um, you know, sweet 16 team that Clem had. And he's just, you know, kind of built his roots here in Minnesota and Stillwater, he had two uh, older sons that also played for the ponies in basketball, but Max, you know, took it, his game to another level, um, breaking passing records in football and then breaking uh, scoring records in basketball. And he's just one of the best two sport athletes that, you know, the twin cities has had in recent years. And so, he, you know, he had a chance to play division one basketball. He committed and he decided to stay home and accept a, a preferred walk-on spot with PJ Fleck. And, um, you know, all that came about, you know, while his mom was diagnosed with ALS, you know, such a devastating news to get for their family. And, you know, definitely, um, you know, our, our thoughts are out with them as they battle through this. But at the same time, you know, Max is making his journey to the Gophers and following his dad's footsteps in another sport. So, it was just a great story to do just because I do know the family, but also just the fact that, you know, I mean, not every day do you see a, an athlete, you know, go for legacy athlete, as we call it, you know, get to follow his, uh, his father t- to be a gopher, you know, a program that he's grown up watching and, and knowing that his dad was a big part of some great, um, you know, memorable teams. Um, and as a quarterback, you know, it's going to be tough for him to try to get on the field, but he's, he's motivated to do it. He's getting his start now this summer with the team. And, uh, you know, I know he's, he's really, really happy to, 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 to be able to, to be close to his family. Yeah, it was a great story. Go find that. If you haven't read it yet, startribune.com. Uh, Marcus Fuller, great job as always covering the Gophers. We'll be looking for your continued work this summer and especially into the fall when these seasons really get going. Appreciate your time. We'll talk more Gopher hoops down the road. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. 
Good stuff for Marcus, as always. And it brings me to the cooler. Some interesting news earlier this week that Lindsey Whalen, who was replaced by Don Plitzewhite a couple months ago as Gophers women's head basketball coach, uh, it was revealed this week that instead of taking a role as a special assistant at the U, she just said, nope, uh, treat treat this as a, as a firing with, with just cause. Uh, without cause, I mean... And uh, and give me the two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars settlement that's part of my contract. So Whalen will not be associated with the U. Took probably a smaller amount of money in this case to do that instead of staying on in a special assistant role. That was interesting to me that she would just uh, cut ties altogether and not uh, not stay on in that role. So that that was interesting to me to to learn that this week. Don't know the full capacity of what that all means or or why or what the thinking was in that regard, but an interesting piece of information that that was revealed this week, contrary to what we thought we knew about what her role might be going forward. That will do it for me today. That will do it for me for a while. Like I said, no shows next week. Enjoy summer. Try to stay out of the smoky air. Looks like it's a little bit better the last couple days. Wednesday was awful, so hopefully we are past a lot of that and can get outside and do all the things we love to do in the summertime. I'm Michael Rand, back at it again in a couple of Mondays. <laughs>